Welcome to the Change Something Podcast, where we recognize that we all have 168 hours in one week. How will you leverage it? How will you use it not only for your own health, but for the good of your city? On this podcast, we will speak with psychologists, chiropractors, teachers, truckers, policemen, doctors, writers, and all sorts of professionals every month for 15 minutes or less to provide tools and techniques to not only better your life, but to help you participate in the flourishing of your city. My name is John Ju, and I am glad that you are joining us. Today, in the midst of the coronavirus, I have a special guest with me. Her name is Jessica Pei, and she works at Grace Counseling in Littleton, Colorado, as a licensed psychologist. Hello, Dr. Pei. It's great to have you on the show. Hi, John. Thanks for having me. As we all know, anxiety often comes from a lack of clarity. Before we dive into how fear affects our brains, can you share with us your typical day-to-day as a clinician? For someone who knows nothing about psychology and counseling, what do you do? Um, Sure. There's actually no typical day for me. Um, Every day is a little bit different. I see about eight to 10 clients a day, um, and they range from like two years old to 99. Wow. Um, I see individuals and families and couples. Yeah. So every, everybody and every day or every hour is really unique. Um, it's really an awesome opportunity um, because everyone is unique and has a different story. Um, and therapy just provides a safe space for people to understand and work through their feelings and emotions. One of the reasons and the vision behind this podcast and why it started is to help some of our listeners even actualize and realize how do they use their everyday jobs for the good of their cities? What's one practical tip that you'd provide or give to our listeners who's asking the question, hey, how do I find out what I'm passionate about? How did you know that you're passionate about counseling and helping people through their stories? Um, I've always loved um, stories and I've always loved people. So counseling and psychology was just a natural fit. I think um, as I like talked more to people and just had different like opportunities when I was an undergrad, I mean, in graduate school, it helped me to kind of, to hone some of those, my personal gifts, as well as figuring out what my passions were. So, I mean, my advice to people is to talk to people in different professions, get as much experience as you can and um, take like an open stance yeah. so that you can learn. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that tip. And I think that's so true. I was actually reading something recently by James Emery White, and he was talking about Gen Z that's coming up behind us and how it's going to be the generation that has so much information, but not a lot of avenues for wisdom. Yes. That's such a great tip that you provide. Yeah. They, there's just so much access to information and people's ability to sort through it or even apply critical thinking. Um is limited. So talking to real humans is always really helpful. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you say that as a clinical psychologist, (laughs) that talking to people is helpful. All right. I want to make a pivot here in our show and simply ask, you know, the coronavirus has made a fear a normal part of our lives. People are checking their Facebook feed, their news feeds constantly, excessively, Can you just share with us how our brains and our bodies respond to fear and anxiety? Sure. Uh, So fear and anxiety are all natural human experiences, and they're all feelings that we have. Sometimes they get like a bad reputation, and we kind of label them as like bad feelings. But feelings in and of themselves are not good or bad. They're just neutral. 
So I like to talk um, to people a lot about how our feelings are not good or bad. They just are. So fear and anxiety often tell us that something is not quite right and they can protect us um, from danger. So an example I like to give is that if there is a bear chasing us, we actually need a fear response to tell us to like run away. Sure. Otherwise, the bear can eat us um, or things could end very badly for us. So we actually need the fear and anxiety to survive. However, sometimes our fear and anxiety can get the best of us and it can actually cause a lot of problems. So if we constantly feel like a bear is chasing us, um, it can make us tired, it makes us exhausted and can really impact our brain functioning. If we feel like we're constantly in danger, then we, when we are actually safe, the fear can cause difficulties for us. So fear reactions start in our brain in a part called their amygdala, and it spreads throughout our body by triggering the sympathetic nervous system, which is our fight or flight system. And it helps us to kind of make adjustments for the best defense or flight reaction. But the problem is, is when we are safe and these sympathetic nervous system is triggered, it can um, cause us to respond in ways that might not be healthy. Yeah. No, I think that's fascinating to think that fear is a neutral, it's not negative, but it's neutral, did you say type of feeling? Yes. Why well, all feelings are neutral. I think oftentimes when we, somehow, I don't even exactly know why, but like anger and fear and anxiety have kind of gotten a bad reputation for being bad. Sure. The feelings in and of itself are not bad. It's often the behavior or the things we choose to do that can be unhealthy or bad, but the feeling is not. That's actually such a helpful clarification to think about it in the columns of behavior and then feeling. Sure. As you have met with different clients or individuals, even in the midst of this whole COVID-19 process, have you seen specific ways or, or different triggers that are causing fear and anxiety in people? Absolutely. I think, especially in light of COVID-19, a lot of people have um, exposure to media. And and I would say the quantity is too much. So they're constantly reading the news or watching the news or social media posts. And it's actually increasing their anxiety in a way that can be dangerous. So I've really been talking to people about doing uh, monitoring their anxiety levels as they watch the news or as they look at the media. It's helpful to be informed, but too much information can often overwhelm us. Mm. And especially if it's too much of the wrong information, because there's just so many things out there and so many people's opinions that aren't always based in fact. So it's really helpful to be wise about your um, media consumption. So what are some practical tips and tools you would offer our listeners uh, to not only be less anxious and fearful, but number two, how would you encourage our listeners to become messengers of calm for the good of our city? Because that really is one of the reasons and visions behind this podcast is that we want to be a good for our city and causing panic and fear and propagating and multiplying that is really not good for anyone. Sure. I mean, those are two huge questions. Um So I'll break down the first one, but how can we practically manage our anxiety to be less anxious? I always um, want to encourage people to remember to breathe 
I know that sounds super simple, but often when we get stressed or anxious, we um, start breathing from our chest and it's super fast and it actually causes us to feel more anxious. Interesting. So um, remember to practice deep breathing and to breathe from your stomach to help calm your body, which can also help calm your mind. Hey, I know that you just mentioned about breathing. Absolutely. And although it's something that we do every single day, it's not something that we think about very often. Is there a specific resource that you can recommend that we can put in the show notes regarding, hey, here are some breathing techniques. Here are some ways to be more intentional about how you're breathing. Sure. If you, you know, you could even just do a Google search of doing deep breathing. Um, I can walk you through some of the steps if that's helpful. And there's also a lot of apps on your phone that you can yeah, use. Yeah. What are some of those apps? Breathe to relax. Okay. Um, there's another app called Calm okay. and another app called Headspace yeah. that can be really helpful to help people manage their anxiety. And it teaches you how to deep breathe. Essentially, what you want to do is you want to take a deep breath in through your nose and make sure that it's diaphragmatic. So it's hitting your stomach and you breathe out through your mouth. It's triggering the parasympathetic nervous system. I said earlier, when you are really anxious, the sympathetic nervous system gets triggered and it tells you like run flee get out of the way because you're unsafe when you practice the deep breathing it triggers the system in your body to tell you to relax so when you're breathing through your nose to your stomach it helps you to have that calming sensation in your body which ultimately calms your brain as well because there's a total deep mind body connection yeah for our listeners who either have kids or have nieces or nephews or what practical tip would you offer in helping them process COVID-19 if they're old enough to talk about it? What are some things that are helpful for kids? I always believe that telling children the truth sure. in developmentally appropriate ways is helpful. Um, kids are really smart and intuitive, and they are sensing all of the anxiety that the adults around them are having. So they are human and they are people too, and they probably know more than they are saying. And sometimes kids want to protect their parents. So having open dialogue with your children about this is really helpful. This is a really scary time, mostly because of all of the unknowns. Yeah. So talking to your child and spending extra time with them and giving them opportunities to share what they're thinking and feeling without any judgment is really helpful. And just to validate their concerns um, and to validate their feelings. Um, I think sometimes parents want to change or fix a child's feelings, but um, you can't. Sure because there are so many unknowns and it's just really helpful to validate them and say, you know, I know that this is scary, but we will get through it, you know, and um, just checking in with them to see how their hearts and minds are doing. Yeah. I think it's so helpful, even the way that we started this conversation, that those feelings of fear are neutral. So not downplaying them if your kids or the kids in your life are feeling them, but being able to help them process, to validate, and to be able to, if there are corrective behaviors that need to be corrected, to correct them, but to not go after the fear itself. Absolutely. That's so helpful. Uh, the second question was, how would you encourage our listeners to become messengers of calm or hope for the good of the city? What are your thoughts about that? So I know times are super scary and there's a lot of unknowns, but I think it's helpful for all of us to remember all the positive things that are happening in the world. Um, there are 
there's a lot of goodness that's happening in the midst of the scary times. So I see a lot of people building communities. I see people who are stepping out of their way to yeah. think about the common good. Um, I see people who are practicing kindness and generosity. There's more intentionality in family time. Um, and there's like a slower paced life um, that can be really healing and restorative for um, our souls. So I think there there are a lot of good things that are happening. You know, I recently read... Um, I wish I could quote where I read this from, but it basically said that viruses are contagious, but so is panic, fear, hysteria, calm, love, enthusiasm, kindness, and joy, and choose wisely. That's good. So we have a choice to join in with the hysteria and panic, or we have a choice to practice calmness and love um, and kindness. And I know that that's really hard to do, especially when things are scary, but um, we have a choice in front of us and we want to choose really wisely. Yeah, I love that. Even on my own social media feed, I put up a questionnaire and I asked, how can we creatively be the love and kindness in our city? And there are so many different creative ways. One person just mentioned the elderly are the most at high risk with COVID-19. and They might be afraid to go shopping or pick up their prescription. So we could do that for them and serve them. Another person mentioned international students who had to leave early from schools, just giving them rides to the airport or housing them. That's definitely another way and creative way to be a good for our city. And I really hope that we can do that together. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dr. Jessica Pei, just for your time and also your commitment to your community in Colorado and the mental health of your patients. Yeah, it's such an honor to do what I'm doing. So the privilege and the honor is mine. We all have a choice to make. Will you breathe and multiply calm? Will you be empathetic to people's fears as fears are not only neutral, but because felt fear does not have to be true to be real? Who in your neighborhood needs to be seen, loved, and served? Let's leverage our 168 hours a week and be the good. Let's go change something.